starts in the slot. Passes to Thomas. He's gone. Touchdown, Saints. Houdat, and welcome back to the Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm your host as usual, Brendan Ertle. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brendan Ertle. Today, we have a special episode. The NFL Draft is coming up. I'm going to be providing you guys everything you need to know going into the draft so you are prepared with the correct and the right information, not information that's not valid. I, this is all valid sources and things that you can expect in this year's NFL Draft. Now, I'm going to be mostly focusing on the first round for today because all my nuggets are pretty much first round, but I do have some later round nuggets as well that I've gotten from some sources. Now, all these, all this information that I'm providing you guys are, are, is either coming from like Ian Rapport, Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, guys like that. I was on a conference call with Gil Brandt, Hall of Fame analysis for the Cowboys, Mark Dominic, former GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he they provide a lot of information to me so this is you know you can trust these sources and all this information let's just jump right into it because I mean I'm really excited for the draft and I think you guys are too first and foremost the Cincinnati Bengals are going to select Joe Burrow quarterback LSU if they don't I'll delete my channel like they're this it's gonna happen this is one of the most obvious picks last year with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray we thought they could have maybe taken Kyler it was like an 80% chance. This is 99.9, and that 1% is just if the Bengals' IT messes up and they can't select them and they get passed. That's the only way they're not drafting Joe Burrow. It's a lock for me and all those horses that I've heard that Joe Burrow is going to Cincinnati. Each team gets three hours of FaceTime or Zoom call with a player every day, and the Cincinnati Bengals has been spending all three hours of their possible time with Joe Burrow every single day. So if that says anything, they're just getting to know their future quarterback. Next up, the Washington Redskins and Chase Young. This is pretty much a done deal. We will see if it, we've seen some rumors tossed around. Could they take Tua? Could they trade back? You have to take Chase Young here. If they don't, something's wrong with that organization because he's the best player in this draft and one of the best players to come out in a long time. I mean, it's a premier, it's a premier pass rush position. A player like this does not come often. Nick Bosa came a couple years ago, but Jace Young is on a, just a different level. The Redskins would be completely silly not to take Chase Young here, and I think they will. I think it's pretty much a done deal for Chase Young and the Redskins at two. Now this is where the draft kind of starts, at pick number three, the Detroit Lions. Lots of analysis have Jeffrey Okuda, cornerback from Ohio State, going here to the Lions. The Lions are actually looking to trade back. They think they can get Okuda or maybe like a Simmons or someone else at pick four, five, six. So they want to trade down because if they pick Okuda at three, it'd be quote-unquote overpicking for him because they can get him a little bit later. So they are actually looking to trade back. And same with the New York Giants at four. They're looking to trade back as well. They're targeting an offensive tackle. Now, I personally think one or the other will trade back. I think it'll be hard for both of them to find trade partners back. And the reason why is because the teams that could be trading up are the Dolphins and Chargers. And they could be trading up for the exact same reason. They could be trading up for Tua Tunga Viola 
or Justin Herbert. And I think it's a lot more plausible that they trade up for Tua. I think the Dolphins will try to trade up, and I think the Chargers will also try to trade up. And Justin Herbert will be the consolation prize to that team who didn't get to trade up for him. Now, he's not a bad quarterback, but only one team can trade up to that three spot. Whoever trades up to that three spot gets their choice of the quarterback. It's unclear who the Dolphins or Chargers are really targeting quarterback-wise. We know they do need a quarterback. Tua Tomvailoa has actually been getting some question marks with his future. Lots of GMs are saying they're not worried about 2020 Tua. They're worried about 2021 and for the rest of his career. They're, they, they've seen the highlights, they've seen the tape, and they've seen his off-season workouts. He looks good. He looks healthy. But he's not getting hit by Chase Youngs, Cameron Jordans, Chandler Jones. He's not getting hit by these NFL DNs. So if he takes a pop, what could happen? Could that hip re-aggravate? Could he need a hip replacement? That's what GMs are worried about. So that's why we could see maybe Justin Herbert taken before him, but I really doubt it. I think Tua will still be taken in the top five. The Browns at pick number 10 are targeting offensive tackle, and here's why. Because they have a very, they have a solid team around Baker Mayfield right now. They brought in Kevin Stefanski to be their coach. He's a very good offensive-minded head coach. And they need some tackles to protect Baker Mayfield in that running game. They brought in Jack Conklin, who's a very, very good right tackle. Now they need a left tackle to, to protect the blind side of Baker Mayfield. I think they take the best available tackle at this given spot at number 10. Who could fall there? It could be Jedrick Willis, it could be Tristan Wirfs, it could be Andrew Thomas, it could be Mekhi Becton. We could see any of these four tackles be taken right here, depending on what happens with the Lions and Giants. Now, the Las Vegas Raiders and John Gruden, there's, it has been reported that they really like the wide receivers in this class. This would be a very good spot for them. The Las Vegas Raiders could be targeting one of these top wide receivers at the spot at number 12. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's been reported that they're also looking to trade up. They could be looking to trade up for an offensive tackle to protect Tom Brady in his two-year deal with the Bucs, or they could be looking up for trading up for a defensive star like Javon Kinlaw or a corner because that secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers isn't the greatest. They had a rough year. They were ranked 32nd in total pass defense. So getting a corner there could be possible. But look out for the Bucks to trade up. Also staying in the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons are a poor looking to trade up. And the player they're looking to trade up for is cornerback C.J. Henderson. Dan Quinn is a Florida guy. He loves C.J. Henderson. They need a cornerback with Desmond Trufant out and Isaiah Oliver kind of morphing into that outside corner role. So they could use another corner with C.J. Henderson. We could possibly see C.J. Henderson be taken in the top 10 or 12-ish. So the Falcons would need to trade up for C.J. Henderson. If that's who they're looking for, they'd also be looking for Javon Kinlaw or another defensive player like that. And of course... You can never mention the NFL draft trading up without mentioning the Saints. The Saints could also be another team that could be looking to trade up for a linebacker or wide receiver if Henry Ruggs or Justin Jefferson takes a slide or if they feel like they need to trade up for Patrick Queen or Kenneth Murray. That could be a team always to watch out for to look for a trade. Now, the Saints have only traded back like what once in Sean Payton's era with the Saints, so I don't really expect them to trade back. I mean... If there's no one that they love at 24, they could. I just really think it's more of a possibility if the Saints trade up rather than trade back. 
but the Saints are always something to look out for to trade. And now Eden Rapport tweeted this out even not, not that long ago. He said that GMs are saying that the media is off with the mock drafts, and it's maybe the most off they've ever been in a long time. And we're going to see players taking spots we didn't we didn't expect. And some players that we thought were first-rounders, some players we didn't think. There's just going to be a lot of mix-up just because of the scouting that we all haven't been able to do. No pro days, no interviews, and that's just the way it is. And it's it's going to be a lot different than what we think. I mean, it couldn't be a ton different, but we will see how different it is from what we're actually being told. Moving on, everyone's favorite, favorite test for quarterbacks, the Wonderlink. It could mean everything or nothing. It's like taking the SAT. I think it's a bunch of BS. It doesn't really show your knowledge of football or life or anything else. But Joe Burrow scored a very good score. He scored 34. The top score is 40, so it's very good for Joe Burrow. But Tua Tungavailoa scored 13. What that means, he just doesn't have street smarts or book smarts. Maybe he maybe could have just been not trying. Who knows? But 13 is not a very good score for anyone. Um, they said the average janitor could have scored a 14 on that test. So a little bit of question marks there, but I'm sure no team will look at 13 and be like, okay, now we're not going to draft to it because he got 13 in the winter link score. Um, I just don't think it's that important to a player's success and, and later in the league. And But, of course, I mean, if you score 34 or 40, that's pretty good. It just kind of shows that you you work hard and you study. Uh, Tua just maybe wasn't prepared for this quiz. That's okay, though. Moving on to one of maybe the most highly thought-after positions in this draft, the wide receiver position is absolutely loaded. But who is wide receiver one in this class? I'm hearing a lot of people are saying C.D. Lamb out of Oklahoma is their wide receiver one. I mean... We'll, just, we'll kind of see in the draft who gets taken first. It's going to be between C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. Henry Lugg is the name that's rising up. Justin Jefferson is a name that has flown up draft boards ever since his four-touchdown Oklahoma game. There's so many good wide receivers in this draft, but C.D. Lamb is the name that's picking up the most steam, and it could be a name to look out for for the Las Vegas Raiders at 12. And with my conference call with Gil Brandt and Mark Dominic. They provide lots of good nuggets, so some of these facts we provide you guys with is stuff from I've heard from them. Uh, first off, Gil Brandt said that Patrick, Patrick Queen is the best inside linebacker in this class. He's the second best linebacker, only behind Isaiah Simmons, and that that that's huge for me. Hearing it from a guy like Gil Brandt saying Patrick Queen is the best inside linebacker in this class, that could be big for the Saints if they do trade up, if they do try to trade up or stay put with Patrick Queen. Uh, the Saints asked their middle linebackers to do a lot in zone coverage, and Queen has showed that he's very good in zone coverage. Patrick Queen has been a name that's rising up draft boards. Coming into the season, he wasn't even a starter. Came into the year and just blew out of, out of the league. Had a very good national championship game, was a defensive MVP, and he could be a name that could be picked higher than we all kind of think too. And Mark Dominic, former GM of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, said that players with injuries or red flags could take a little bit of a slip. And because of that, because we don't have pro days, they can't work out these players, so they don't know. And they don't want to take a risk. And the name that was thrown out there was Thaddeus Moss, LSU tight end. They originally had him projected in the third round 
and now they could say he could slip to the fourth or fifth. That's just one player. I mean, Brandon Ayuk had a core muscle surgery. Um, it's unclear if he will fall or not, if he will go higher than people think. But just some of these players with injuries, kind of expect them to take a little bit of a slide because teams don't know. They, keep, they, they, they have no information. All they can do is ask. Like Tua, all they can do is ask Tua, are you good? Because they can't, they can't work them out. Moving on, if your team needs a cornerback or a defensive tackle, you're going to find one of those in the third or fourth round. There's going to be a huge run of corners and defensive tackles in the third and fourth, maybe even the second round too. So if your team's looking for one of those two positions, this would be the rounds to do so. Some names that have been thrown out there, Troy Pride, cornerback, Notre Dame, Amik Robertson, cornerback, and a couple deep defensive tackles, Rashard Lawrence on the national championship winning LSU Tigers, and Justin Madubike, not really sure how to say his last name, but he's been a name that's been rising up draft boards. Ross Blacklock has also been a defensive tackle that has rised up draft boards faster than literally anyone out of TCU. And he, we could even see him go in the first round, maybe early second. But lots of these defensive tackles are getting tread. We could see a lot of these defensive tackles taken higher than we all think. Last but not least, this Thursday is the first round. Second, third, fourth is Friday, and then the rest is Saturday. And a lot of questions that have people have been asking is about the trades. How will the trades go down? How will teams communicate? And will there be less or more trades in a, in a draft like how we're going to have this year? Now, you can expect the same amount of trades in the first round because the teams have 15 minutes, and that might not seem a lot of time, a lot of time, but when you're sitting there in front of a screen for 15 minutes, it's a lot of time. And you could call, I'm sure every coach and GM has a phone right next to them that they can pick up and call. And teams will be able to, if they really want to go up and get a player, they'll still do that. This won't stop them from trading up. So you can expect this, the same amount of trades we usually see in the first round, what, four or five, maybe six, maybe even seven trades, just little trades like that. But later on in the draft, the second, third, fourth round, when the time starts to get smaller, they get 10 minutes, 5 minutes, that's when it's going to be a lot harder for teams to trade up because they don't have all the things that they're used to having. They can't just, they're in this, they're in a Zoom call and it's harder to communicate. They need to go up and get a phone. And it, we're just going to see maybe a little bit less trades. We'll still see some trades. But, I mean, we'll kind of see the pace of the draft in the second, second round on, like, how the trades are coming. All the teams had like a mock draft they're doing some sometime this week. They're just going to practice. So I think that's really important for them too because practicing this, you don't want to go into the first round being the first time you've picked up the phone and called someone while you're on a Zoom call and just all these different things. So it's good that they're doing a mock draft. But with all these bad things going around, it's really good that we're having this draft still. It's fun for all the, all the draft analysis, all the teams, Everyone that's an NFL fan, it's something to watch, and I'm personally super excited to watch this. So hopefully all this information helped you out a little bit. I'll be providing you guys with any other information that I hear on my Twitter, at Brennan Ertle. Make sure to follow the podcast, the stream, the YouTube channel, everything, at Brennan Ertle. I appreciate you guys tuning in as always. Who dat?